Okay. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, which is the most important thing ever, and then we're going to get started. Okay? Deals? Are y'all awake? Do y'all need to do jumping jacks? Wait, I think I heard some yeses. Okay, Brooke did them for us, so you're good. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pray. Y'all don't have to do jump jacks. But if I see anybody sleeping, jump jacks. Okay, I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day that you have given us, Lord. I thank you for your word that you have revealed to us and that we have in our own language that is accessible to us. And Father, I pray right now um, just that our hearts and our minds would um, be still before you, Lord, that we would not just hear of your truth and let it go in our ears, but God, that it would penetrate our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit and that we would live it out, God, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers who acts and that we would um, cling to your truth on a daily basis, that we would be um, women in your word, proclaiming your great gospel to the those who don't know it. And I pray, God, that... Um, in the aspect of relationships, God, that we would truly examine our hearts before you and ask ourselves if we're glorifying, if we're honoring you with our lives because you are worthy of it. So I pray right now that we would be serious and enjoy the sweetness and the goodness of your truth and the power that you have to redeem and to restore. Thank you so much for being King of Kings and for being Lord of Lords. In your great and holy name I pray. Amen. Okay, so what we're going to do first, well, yeah, you're going to listen, and um, I'm going to share with you guys um, Jesus' story of redemption in my life, okay? So it's not about me, 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 but it's like him revealing himself to me, so my testimony, per se, okay? You going to listen? Okay, cool. So I'm not going to stand behind this thing the whole time because, I don't know, I'm short. So I'm going to move over here. Okay, so I was born. That was a good thing. Okay, so I remember um, being born. Not really. <laughs> I was born, and I have a twin brother. So that was really awesome. We, he was one minute older than me, and he always dropped it in my face. So he was like, whatever, you're my younger sister, and I'm your older brother. And I was like, ugh, I hate your guts. But... <laughs> I have a twin brother, so that was really cool. And I remember entering into elementary school. That's my first memory. And I remember being very, very um, careful, like caring about academics. I was wanting to have straight A's and only straight A's. And if I didn't get a straight A, I would like pull my hair out and think I was like worthless and dumb and like all these kind of things. So I was like already at a little age finding my worth in like school. And what my teachers thought of me. I wanted to be the teacher's pet, you know. And so that was elementary school, really caring about grades. Funny. I'm not really smart. Okay. So that was elementary school. Then in middle school, um, I continued to care about grades and stuff like that. But then popularity came into the mist. So I was like, oh, man, like, I want to be like what I see in the movies. I want to be the cheerleader who marries the football player and who has the White House in a really big field and lives happily ever after the end. The American dream. Have y'all heard of it? Yes. Everybody has. Okay. So I wanted that. Like, I wanted so bad to be adored by men. Not men. <laughs> like, by mankind, you know, from guys. And just wanted to be loved and adored in that way. I wanted to feel pretty, so I sought it in the world. And I remember I was in seventh grade, and I was the cheerleader, and this football player did ask me out. And I was like, yes, you know, this is the American dream. It's happening. And so I was really, really excited, and it was really dumb. Um, <laughs> but, y'all, we, like, dated for three years. So from seventh grade until, like, my freshman year of high school. And I'm telling you guys, like, details and being vulnerable because I want to share the lies that Satan can tell us, okay? So that's why I'm being really open. So um, we dated for three years, and at first we couldn't really date or do anything, right? Because we couldn't drive, so it was really funny. We'd just go over and hang out at each other's houses. It was weird, you know? But um, I remember entering into ninth grade, and here's the lie, Okay. I had allowed my complete and total identity be wrapped up in this guy, 
like what he told me, blah, 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 blah. Like I was so focused in on him. Like I had ditched my friends. I only hung out with him, only texted him, only called him. Like my worth, my identity was in my boyfriend at the time. So whenever we were talking one day, he said, okay, can y'all take it? Vulnerability here. Yes, all adults, almost all women who can take truth. Can you hear it? Yes. Okay. The lie came that we had been dating for long enough, so it was time to have sex. Okay? That's what the world tells us, right? We see it in TV shows, movies. You just have sex after you maybe even dated two dates. You know, that's just what you do. So I want, I want to be real and show like, that's what media tells us. So we had dated for three years, so it was definitely time. Okay? So I remember him telling me, this is the lie. He said, I want to have sex with you. And I was like, well. And I remember, I was not seeking the Lord, but I remember knowing that sex was for marriage. And that it was a sin outside of marriage. So I told him, I said, I think that's a sin outside of marriage. And he said, if I could marry you right now, I would. So I believed that lie and I submitted to it. Okay. And that began a really rough cycle. I was sucked in and instantly when I took of that lie and I believed it, shame and guilt came upon me instantly. Okay. And I felt as though I couldn't get out. And that was the second lie. Okay. I felt that if I didn't do these things, he wouldn't love me. Okay, and that's the second lie from the pit of hell. Okay, so I was stuck in it. I was like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. And I really don't even remember why we broke up, but we did. And um, it was crazy because I remember walking in my health class and just like throwing my books on my desk. And I was like, I just like started bawling. And I ran to the bathroom and my teacher like ran behind me because she was like, what in the world is happening? And um, I told her, I said, is this guy? I just don't know. I don't, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know. And I remember, like, one day at home, I was sitting in my room, and I was thinking, like, okay, Lord, like, there has to, and I was praying. I wasn't, isn't that funny? Um, I was like, there has to be something greater. Like, there has to be a purpose that we're here, because this cannot be it. This cannot be why we're created to, like, to taste and enjoy these things and not enjoy much like be devastated and broken like what in the world why am i here i remember sitting there and thinking why am i here and y'all i didn't know it then but that was when the lord was drawing me to himself okay so that was ninth grade continuing continuing on i had started going to a youth group through one of my other cheerleading friends and so I was going pretty consistently every Sunday, getting involved. I wasn't a believer. I mean, I had new truth, was grown in knowledge of truth, but still was not pursuing the Lord. So the second guy came in the picture, okay, and it was the pastor's son. So I thought, he knows Jesus. Like, he can tell me more about Jesus. This is going to be awesome. We're going to be like, the Christian couple It's going to be real good. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Again, um... There's a fly. <laughs> I um, found my identity in him, okay? And it wasn't to the depth of the first guy, but it was very impure because of um, opinion. I cared a lot about what he thought of me still because I was not finding my affections in the Lord. I was, again, finding it in this boy, okay? And I remember, like, having to, like, dress up every single day and, like, make sure my hair was perfect and my makeup was on just right. Because if he didn't tell me I was beautiful, then I felt worthless. Because of some comments that had been made. Like, my, um, in high school, people, guys told me, if you just gained 10 more pounds, you'd be beautiful. Bull crap. <laughs> That's live from the pit of hell. Okay, because I'm going to go on a tangent. Go with me. Okay. Our value and our worth and our outward appearance does not, like our value and our worth is not determined by our outward appearance. How much you weigh or how much you don't weigh or how long your hair is or how short your hair is or if you have narrow eyes and a good jawline or whatever. That's not your worth and your value because in scripture, 
There's barely anything about outward appearance. And when there is, is to share details for a greater purpose. Okay? Jesus looks at our heart. He cares about our heart. Okay, come on back. I'll talk about that a little bit more. So physical appearance was really heavy in this relationship. And also it was physically impure too. Okay? Um, it was not good. And I want to share this to the outward eye though. So this was like where we were. It was impure. It was destructive. But to the outward eye, it looked good. Preacher's son, nice girl who really did good in school. You see that? And I'm not, please don't think I'm boasting. I'm just painting a picture. So he played baseball and then I was the homecoming queen. So it was like perfect people. No. (laughs) Okay. So I'm trying to tell you guys this so you can clearly see. People would have never known. Okay. But this was what was going on in our hearts. We were seeking our own satisfaction with things that were disobedient to the Lord. Is this being, is this clear? It's clear. Yes. You're understanding. Okay. So again, I don't know really why we broke up. But we did break up like seven times and get back together seven times. And I wanted to share that because that's not practicing for marriage. That's practicing for divorce. Showing that you can get out and then come back when you want. That is not a clear picture of marriage. Okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this last thing. Because this is the other lie, I don't even even remember. But this is the lie that I clearly remember. When he broke up with me, I remember thinking like, okay, like, Lord, I thought I couldn't get out of it, but you made a way. You made a way. And um, I remember becoming a believer um, at that point when I realized that I haven't been loving the Lord with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so I was so, like, pumped to know that, like, the, like, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I realized that I wasn't loving the Lord with everything. The last lie was when we broke up, he got in a relationship really soon. And through the grapevine, y'all know who high school is, it got back to me that they were having sex. And the lie that came straight into my head was, oh, if you would have had sex with him, he would have stayed with you. And at that point, y'all, I remember being like, because I had heard so much truth. And it just slashed through that lie. It was so good. And I remember thinking, no, like, no, that is not true. Because you know what? My identity is not found in my past sin that I have submitted to. But my identity is rooted and found in Jesus Christ. Who has come into this world and who bore all of the sin of mankind and the wrath of God so that we can be reconciled to him, to God, the Father, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so I was not, you know, like I've grown to be more excited about that. You know, like all that baggage and bad stuff that I had that I wanted to share with you guys does not define me. So for you. If you're stuck, like, in that cycle, Christ is greater. Jesus is greater. And he can pluck you out of it. So do, do not believe the lie that you cannot get out of it. And truth be told, we can't get out of it within our own strength. Okay? We can do nothing within our own strength. Because, do y'all know the story of how sin first entered? Yeah? Okay, someone say, what happened in the beginning? How did sin enter? They ate the fruit. Yep, true. So if I eat an apple, what is that? I'm just kidding. Okay, so, yes, they took and ate of the fruit. And God commanded them to not eat. Yes. So whenever God created everything and then he created Adam and Eve, he gave them a quadrillion million yeses and that one no to not take and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when the serpent came and twisted God's word and told them, told Eve, will you not surely die? For when you take of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
Okay? So I want you all to, to see that. When sin first entered into the world, Satan twisted God's word. So what we're going to do is we're going to read a lot of scripture talking about Jesus for who he rightly is. Okay? And I may go on a few tangents, so I want you all to go with me. We're one talking about relationships and how, and y'all have heard a biblical picture of marriage this morning. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about image a little bit. And then lastly, we're going to talk about having our identity rooted solely in Christ. Okay. So I want y'all to open your Bibles, get your Bibles out. And I want y'all to turn to Ephesians 2. Okay. This is probably one of my favorite passages of scripture. So good. Almost there. Y'all there? Yeah? Y'all are like, like looking like this. We're in the world. Come on. Oh, then y'all, all your heads came up. Yay. Okay. Are your hearts like, oh my gosh, I just heard this really crazy story. Now God is so good and we're going to read about him. Okay. Y'all ready? Yes. Anna's ready. That's right. Okay. So we're going to start in verse one in Ephesians chapter two. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at the work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So we were following Satan, okay? The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at the work in the sons of disobedience is Satan. I want you to highlight this verse and then write it on your foreheads, okay? Are you ready? It says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved and through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What a clear picture of how we cannot do anything from death to life. We know that sin, when sin first entered into the garden, we know that sin brings forth death. Okay, yes, physical death, but also spiritual death. We're born sinners. And I know most of y'all probably have heard this, correct? If you haven't, please talk to your small group leader right after this session. <laughs> You've heard it because Brody's talked about it. Sin brings forth death spiritually. So when we were born, we were born sinners. Separated from God. And y'all remember that video last night that y'all watched? Wasn't it so good? Do y'all need to do jumping jacks? If I don't get some response. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That video is such a cool picture from death to life, isn't it? Because we're spiritually dead and through Christ's death on the cross, we're able to die to our sin. Because of Jesus Christ's death, we're able to die to our sin. In Galatians, it talks about how I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So through his death, we're able to die to our sin. But it doesn't end there. Because if Christ did not raise from the dead, then we would be stuck in our sin, right? Right. 
So because of Christ's resurrection, just as he said he would, we're able to be made alive in him. So we're no longer stuck in our sin, but we're made new only through Christ. Is this clicking? Or do we need to beat each other in the head? <laughs> I just get it. Okay, yes. <laughs> this is simple truth, and it's so good. So if you're a believer, oh, like just tell yourself this every day. And I know it can get really easy to be like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. I've known that since I was four. But God, this is the power of the work of Christ within the lives of those who are dead. You know how Brody talks about it? Like if you bring, if someone is raised from the dead, they're legit. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of a funny like picture. Like, okay. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. There's a dead, there was a dead cat at the end of, <laughs> this is not funny, but what I'm about to say might be. Okay. There's a dead cat. <laughs> at the end of the driveway. <laughs> at the end of camp. And uh, I think a bus hit it. But, um, <laughs> but like, you can't go up to that cat and be like, cat, rise. Like, nothing's going to happen. Because we're not God. And that cat is gross and dead. You know? But... Like, what did we see? What's today? Wednesday? What Monday night. What a clear picture in scripture of how Jesus showed his authority and power over death by raising Lazarus from the dead. And we see the power in his word. When he said, Lazarus, come out. What happened? He came out. There's power in his word. In, in the Psalms. Um, Psalm 33, it talks about, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. This is his word that he has given to us. There's power in his word. Scripture talks about how it's living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. This isn't just like a Cinderella story. (laughs) This isn't like what Hansel and Gretel are like. Um, hmm, trying to think of other stories. This is real life. Who said what? This isn't frozen. Oh my goodness, this is not frozen. (laughs) This is the word of God that he has given to us. So we, and okay, here's, here's a rabbit trail. You coming with me? Follow along. Okay, this is the word of God that he has given to us. Did you know, if you didn't, you're about to. That there are people, there's real people, that have never heard the name of Jesus. Never. They don't have access to this Bible or the million translations and outward covers that we have. They don't have it. They don't have audio. They don't have video. They have no resources to understand the scriptures. Okay? There's also people who have gotten, let's say like the book of John, they've received the book of John, only the book of John in their language. And I've heard stories y'all that they became a believer and then they instantly knew the value and the weight to understand and to clothe themselves in the scriptures. So they memorized every word of the book of John, and then they passed it along because they knew that people needed to hear of this Jesus and they couldn't keep it to themselves. Now that convicts me. Because how often do we forget to study our Bible? (laughs) Because we want to sleep. Or we just got busy. We need to understand the weight and the value of the word of God. Because we know, okay, this is truth and it's hard truth and you need to know it. The gospel sin brings forth death, right? Sin brings forth punishment. So, we know that if someone does not know Jesus, 
and they do not turn to him in repentance, then when they die, they go to hell. That's truth. We need to feel the weight of that. Okay? We need to feel the weight of the sin of the world, but know that we do not carry that, that Christ has bore that on the cross, and that he gives us access to the Father through a relationship with him. He is reconciling, which means bringing all things back to himself. Yeah, we need to feel the weight of that. We need to ask ourselves what we're really holding as our treasure in this world. Because I know, like, I'm, okay, obviously I told you my testimony. When I was about your age, my treasure was a guy that let me down and let me down and let me down. And Christ revealed to me that, yes, I have been created for a purpose. That purpose has been set forth in Christ. I've been created in the image of God to glorify and honor him with every single area of my life. And you know what? So have you. Every single one of you have been created in the image of God. And so I want you to truly ask yourself, like, are you loving him with all that you are? Every single area of your life, with your speech, with your thoughts, with your actions, and how you treat people, and especially in your view of God. It's sad to know that in our society that we live today, we do not rightly view God for who he is. We need, we need to read his word and get to know him through what he says and who he says he is and not what man says he is. Does this make, is this making sense? It's like, oh, heart truth. This is, this is, we love you guys so much that we want you to pursue Jesus for who he is. The Jesus of the scriptures, not Jesus who man has made him to be. The, the, this is what man has made Jesus to be. Yeah, I go to church on Sunday. I'm a Christian. Oh, do you study the word? Nope, nope. I listen to the preacher on Sunday, and that's my fulfillment for the week. You know, there's actually scripture that talks about not everyone who, like, says Jesus will enter into the kingdom of heaven. We, like, need to feel the weight of these things. And, like, I'm, I'm telling y'all hard truths because if, if I didn't, I wouldn't love you. We care enough for you to, like, examine your hearts to see if you're really, like, following the Lord. Okay? I want y'all to turn to Galatians 5, which Galatians is right before Ephesians. So just, like, turn one, probably, like, page over. Okay, y'all there? Yes. Hey, this is some good stuff right here. Galatians 5. Galatians is like a slap in the face, so we should all read it. Okay. Good. It's a good slap in the face. Okay. So, chapter 5, verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
This verse is so good. <laughs> you ready? And those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Okay, so I don't want you guys to have this mindset of like, okay, okay, I need to have all the fruits of the Spirit right now. Like, okay, we're not going to instantly be like, boom, patient, loving, all this kind of thing, you know? That's going to take time, and we can't produce it within ourselves, okay? It says, and those who belong... To Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. How? Because Christ was crucified. Jesus was crucified for us. Everything that we do is because Christ is the fulfillment of prophecy that he is Lord. We're able to love people. Okay, I'm talking to believers. We're able to love people. Because Christ first loved us. When we love people within our own, like, affection, our own, like, motives, it's like we fall flat on our face. Okay? Does this make sense? Like, we can't do anything within our own strength because we're going to fall down. (laughs) Christ is our rock and our redeemer, Scripture says. And the word redeem, do y'all know what the word redeem means? Yes. Who said that? No shame? Okay, what does it mean? To what? Yep, Christ saved us from our sins. Yep, the simple definition, I looked this up like on Wikipedia, not Wikipedia, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> dictionary.com. Um, the word redeem means to regain possession of in exchange for a payment. So we know that sin brings forth punishment and death, and we know that Christ is our Redeemer. He was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins because we could not produce the payment for ourselves. In the Old Testament, do you know how they um, fulfilled that? Like, their sin, how to, like, do that? They did, old, you know, the Old Testament sacrifices. Do you all know that? Ask your share group counselors. Okay? They had to kill an animal to shed blood to cover their sin. But it was always temporary. Right? They had to keep doing it. But we know that Christ is the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. Where it is finished. We no longer do animal sacrifices. Okay, another tangent. Come with me. So, yeah, listen. Okay, I'm trying to like think how to word this rightly. Okay, I'm married. <laughs> It's awesome. Okay, so I married a guy who fears the Lord and who loves Jesus and who, like, dated me and pursued me because he wanted to glorify the Lord and to marry me. And, yeah, there were times where it was like, okay, like, we messed up. Or, like, you know, there were times where we were like, okay, like, are we obeying the Lord or what are we doing? You know, and not uh, not talking about the, the before I was a believer, but, like, our marriage is a representation of Christ and the church. Just as Brody has talked about this morning. And my ultimate, okay, this is going to be crazy to hear. My ultimate satisfaction and worth and value is not determined by my husband. My worth and my value and my satisfaction is found in Christ and Christ alone. And only Christ. And my husband's satisfaction and worth and value and purpose is in Christ and Christ alone. He is the foundation of our marriage. It's not our looks. Because our looks are fleeting. We're going to get old. And I'm super short and he's really tall. So I was like, why me? You know? (laughs) 
that's not like looks were not the foundation of our relationship. Um, uh, what was some other things that Brody talked? Did Brody talk about the rope that binds a marriage together? Right? Do y'all remember some of the things? So he said, you know, like looks and then similar interests. Okay, my husband is like super duper smart, like mechanically. Like he can like. One time I came home and he had his laptop taken apart. Like, the whole thing was, like, taken apart. He was, like, replacing the motherboard or something. I don't know. But um, I was like, what in the world? What? There's screws everywhere, like, tiny little screws. And he's like, oh, I'm just fixing it. And I was just like, my mind doesn't, I like draw things. I like to draw. Like, and and, y'all want to know something funny? Is that at church one day, I looked over And he was trying to draw, like, something really. And then he had pine trees in the corner. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then there was a gun at the bottom. And he said, I was trying to be like you, but I'm not good at it. (laughs) Oh, guys, come on. No. But it's just really funny because, like, our marriage is so fun. Like, it's awesome. Like, we're continually growing in our friendship. But it's only because Christ is the rope that binds us. Like, we've not, I mean, we've only been married nine months. You know, we have a long way to go. But, like, we know that when those times come of trials and, like, really hard times, that Christ is going to strengthen us through that because we're going to look to Him. We cling to Him. And not each, like, we are, like, I adore Him and love Him so much, you know? But... This is this is absolutely crazy, son. The more that I grow in my knowledge of who Jesus is through my study of Scripture and through my husband, the more I love the Lord. Does that make sense? Like, yes, it's growing my love for my husband, but it's like, boo, the love for the Lord's like way up here. And I know that like this couldn't. I'm like, I pray that me and James are like that couple. That like, oh my gosh, this is a sad thing about that. He like, oh, when he dies, I want to die too. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's serious talk. Okay, the way that girls pursue guys today is not okay. It's not the way that the Lord has made it, and it's really not good at all. It's not good. Nope, bueno. Okay? Girls are not meant to be the pursuers, but yet our society has made it like that. Why? Because we're sinful at our core. And because we live in a society now that's like we want what we want when we want it, right? Like two drive throughs in McDonald's. <laughs> One's not enough, get in the second one. And then it makes really confusing because then you're like, does that car go? Do I go? It's like really confusing. Have y'all ever done like driven through the drive throughs Okay. It's really awkward. Just go inside. Okay. But, <laughs> but that's the society that we live in. This is the world. This is the fallen, broken world. We shouldn't be surprised, but this is where we are. So we need to know truth. So if you profess to be a believer, study the word of God. Pursue him as you pers- as he pursues you constantly. He pursues you and woos you constantly. It's not like this thing was like, okay, I'll call you Tuesday. No, <laughs> that's not him. He loves us so much and he's always there and he goes before us. Okay, so I want you all to think about these things. Because I'm learning this more in marriage now. Okay, so the things that we do before marriage, if we do things before marriage that we wouldn't do in marriage, then why do we do them? For example, text guys late at night who you're not married to. Okay, I know it's like, wow, that's really petty. All right, well, you know that when you're texting late at night, you're sleepy, your guard's down. So it's like, okay, why are we, like, why are we doing that? And especially, like, multiple guys. And and I know why we do it. Because we get that little giddy feeling in our heart that's like, oh, he likes me. You know, oh, he thinks I'm pretty. We're getting that, like, really smooth, temporary satisfaction for, like, a tiny little second. And then we're, like, trying to fill it back up again. Because, okay, inside of marriage, like, James is not... Okay, this is another example. James would not, like, go out to coffee 
with a girl by himself. That's awkward. And I probably would want to punch her. Because for some reason, I'm getting really feisty in marriage. I don't know. It's like, don't look at him. Like, I don't know. But um, I'm just kidding. Not look at him. He's really cute. But, um, like, I'm getting more protective. I'm, I'm scared for my kids. I'm going to be like that. Like, you know? Um, but, like, like, James wouldn't do that inside of marriage. So why do we, like, flirt around with that before marriage? Uh, these are just simple things to ask because, when I, and again, like, we don't have this, like, future mindset. And now we don't get need to get caught up in, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going everywhere. Am I making sense? Is this clear? Okay. We don't need to get caught up in planning so much for the future that we miss out on what God wants to show us now. Example, Pinterest, wedding boards. You have your whole wedding planned out. And you don't even know them yet. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm not like saying like, oh, you're a terrible sinner if you're doing that. Because I love Pinterest. But like we just, our mind can be so easily snatched. Like in our affections, like curved the things that aren't quite yet here, you know. And so I want you to just ask yourself, is what you're doing now preparing for your future marriage? And also girls, like... Some of you may not, like, end up being married. Who knows? Like, most of you probably will, but some of you might not. And so through, like, that preparation, Christ sustains you. Like, he gives you satisfaction and joy and fulfillment in him. And I want you all to cling to that truth. Single, married, widowed, divorced, like, cling to Jesus. Because he is our utmost satisfaction. And he loves us with a love that is steadfast, scripture says. And steadfast love isn't this like, okay, like, you let me down, so I don't love you anymore. You know? Like, it's not, he is like constant. He is a merciful and gracious and loving God. But he's also righteous and holy and is the good judge who will judge sin in the end. So we have to rightly know God for who he is. Is y'all understand that? Because most of y'all, I'm just going to say this, most of y'all are probably not married, right? <laughs> if y'all have been like, I am, I'm like, are you 12? <laughs> okay. But I want y'all to be like thinking about these things. Because I had to tell James my testimony, you know? But you know what he said? Because God is faithful and God can like if you've messed up god can prepare a husband for you and he can prepare you for a husband and i got to see that so clear because when i told james that i was like i pretty i told him pretty early on because i was like he's not gonna want me after this again dumb <laughs> but um i told him and he said caitlin i thank you so much not thank you oh my gosh <laughs> that was ridiculous he did not tell me that he said i praise the lord I praise the Lord for his grace that he has lavished upon you. What a good picture of Christ. And how he lavishes his grace upon us. So when, like when someone, like when he looks at us, he does not see our sin, but he sees the blood of his son and his righteousness. We are made complete new creations in Christ. As a believer in Christ Jesus, as an adopted daughter, if you're struggling with guilt over past sin, that is not from the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because there's victory in Christ and in Christ alone. So if that guilt and that shame is trying to hover over you like, you're not worthy. Nope. Remember these things that you did? Remember you're not good enough. How can you, I remember this came into my mind at one point, being a counselor here. How can you speak to girls on purity when you weren't impure? Life in the pit of hell. You know why? Because Christ has made me a new creation and I'm made pure because he is pure and he is holy. So I want y'all to cling to the truth of that scripture. If you've messed up, God is redeemer and he can restore what the world says is unrestorable. 
Because our God is that powerful. He is the Lord of Lord and kings of kings. He is powerful over all things because he is creator of all things. Do y'all, do y'all get this? Get this? So I want y'all, before you even start, like, fixating your eyes on, like, who's going to be my future husband? Where's he at? Him? No. Okay. What about him? I'll take him. Oh, crap. He's already married. Okay. You know, like... <laughs> Seek Jesus, and everything else will fall into place as you seek Him. And I know that it's not as easy as said as like we're we may suffer for the sake of Christ because Christ suffered for us, and we can have joy in that. And y'all, the suffering that we endure in America is nothing compared to what is happening. Oh, I'm a tangent. On what is happening to our brothers and sisters overseas? They are being persecuted. Their heads are being chopped off for the sake of the gospel. So we need to really put in... Ooh, I'm getting mad. Sorry. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> like, we need to really put into perspective, like, what we say we're suffering for. Okay? But we get to look to Christ, who is healer of all things and is redeemer He's the lover of our soul. He loves you so much. Okay? So you know that, obviously, he's creator of all things. Did y'all know that? Yes. Good job. Okay. So, as creator of all things, he created flamingos and rhinoceroses and, like, uh, what is it? A platypus, which is awkward to say. Like, all these funny things. He's created everything. And he flung the stars in the sky and knows every single one of them. Have you ever looked at this guy? Yeah? Have you tried to count them? No? You have? Were you like, one, two, twenty million? Okay, I'm done. You know? <laughs> he knows them by name. He knows every single one. And he knows every single one of you. He knows every single hair on your head. He knows everything about you. And he loves you still. And he wants a relationship with you. A relationship. A personal pursuit. Not a, oh, I've heard about him, yeah, on Sunday five years ago. You know? Jesus loves you. Oh my gosh, we are almost out of time. I have to read two more things. One, it's a quote from A.W. Tozer. It's this really smart dead guy. Okay, so. <laughs> last week I was like, I think he's dead. I'm not sure. Okay, but I'm going to read this quote. And then I'm going to read one more quote. And we're going to close in prayer. So this book is called The Knowledge of the Holy. Okay. It's so good. It's my husband's. I found it on the bookshelf. Okay. So it says, Low views of God destroy the gospel for all who hold them. I'm going to repeat that. Low views of God destroy the gospel for all who hold them. Among the sins to which the human heart is prone, hardly any other is more hateful to God than idolatry. For idolatry is is at bottom a libel on his character. The idolatrous heart assumes that God is other than he is, in itself a monstrous sin, and substitutes the true God when made after its own likeness. Always this God will conform to the image of the one who created it, and will be base or pure, cruel or kind, according to the moral state of the mind at which it emerges. So what that's saying... Is that, like, have you heard of people, like, taking bits and pieces of what they like about God? And they're like, okay, I like this. So what it's saying is, like, so often we can, like, take bits and pieces everywhere and we make that God. Like, okay, I heard this somewhere and this is from scripture and this is from what my um, so-and-so and so-and-so told me that God is. And so, like, we make this God. And that's not the God of the gospel. And that's scary. Okay. That's why I like told y'all like a million times to pursue Jesus and the Jesus in the scriptures in the Bible. And lastly, I um saw this on Pinterest, but um it's a really like I want to write it 
on the refrigerator or something. But um, this is so good for me to constantly be reminded of in your identity in the Lord. As an, an adopted child of the Most High God, remember this, girls. Remember this. And, and unbelievers, like if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, like I pray that you see how the Lord has adopted you into his kingdom and that you turn it from your sin and you repent and believe in him. Like that's my prayer. But I'm speaking to believers, okay? So here's the quote. It says, I'm the daughter of the king who is not moved by the world. For my God, Yahweh, is with me and goes before me. I do not fear, for I am his. This world cannot move or shake or break our God. Because he is the Lord of all. So I pray that you find your identity in him, like right now, and when you're like 25, and then when you're 50, and then when you're with him worshiping at his feet, and you're not even worried about it anymore because you're with him. You know, like we need to have a kingdom come mindset, y'all. We're so focused on the now and the temporary. But I pray that we will be broken. Like I'm speaking to myself. Like I pray that we will be broken for the lost and the dying, that we would have compassion as Christ has had compassion. And that with our lives, we would proclaim the good news and love people through the love of Christ. Because he's coming back. And he's coming back for his bride. Which is the church. And you want to know the coolest thing about getting married? Was I was learning more about that. That on our wedding day, yes, I was super excited to kiss them and to be with them forever. Until the Lord brings us home. But what I was getting more and more and more excited about is seeing how that was such a glimpse, such a tiny, not even right glimpse of how Christ is coming back for his bride. And that final wedding day when we're going to be singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We're going to be worshiping him at his feet. I was so excited about that, y'all. And I won't, and that was because the Lord revealed that to me. Like, it's not, I was just like, oh, you know, like the Lord is so good and he loves you so much. And so our prayer for y'all is that these things that are temporary, that are trying to steal your affection would be slashed by the word of God and that he would be the ultimate love of your life because he loves us so much that our human minds can't even fathom it fully because we're human. Okay. So I'm going to pray and y'all are going to be a little late for lunch and that's okay. Okay. Pray. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for the truth of your word and how you have redeemed us, Lord, from the pit of hell, um, man, that we deserve. God, that you have broken the chains of sin in which we were once enslaved to and that you have enslaved us to your righteousness, that you have made us a new creation in your, your son, Jesus. God, I just pray right now for all of these girls that through rabbit trails and just weird thoughts in my head, God, that you would be glorified above all, that these girls would see you rightly for who you are in your word and that they wouldn't believe lies that this world has told them. God, I love you so much, and I pray that they, that they love you because you first loved us. In your great and holy and precious name, amen.